Hello everyone, happy new year. Glad to be back. (laughs) I wanted to jump on and quickly preface this episode before we get into it and let you know. So actually, I recorded this episode over a month ago with my special guest, Lydia, and we actually did this long before, I think even Thanksgiving or maybe Thanksgiving weekend, and it was a really good episode. You will hear though that during this episode, I am coughing a lot. I was actually coming out of a sickness, and shout out to Lydia for being so patient with me as I was having these coughing fits. And towards the end of our episode, when we were kind of wrapping up, I had to pause the recording because I just was taken by this huge coughing fit. And so we, I had my coughing fit, we got back on the air, refinished and wrapped up. And after Lydia left, or shortly after she did, my computer crashed. It turned off for some reason. That last recording wasn't even saved to my backup files. And so... We have the majority of the episode, just know that there are about eight minutes at the end that unfortunately got cut off. And even though we've tried really hard to to coordinate our schedules to make sure, or to try and just finish this episode, I just felt really strongly that I needed to get this episode, ready or not, out into the world. The majority of the value is there and the message is so important. And so if you are somebody who may have started this fitness year and you're like, I'm going to cut sugar or I'm going to cut carbs or I'm going to do something like Whole30 or go on a detox after the holidays. Or if you're somebody that said, I know I already teach these many classes, but I'm going to add some more to try and get toned. Um, I, I feel like this is this, that episode, this episode is for you. There's so much mind-blowing information and so much value. I know that I've learned so much that I I haven't been able to express it. And so here we are. We're just going to put it out into the world as it is. And so I might jump back on in the very last few minutes to give you a wrap up and say, this is where Lydia actually signed off. But I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you take time to really, really sit on and digest this information because it is so counter- I'm I'm not going to say counterintuitive because it actually is very intuitive. It's just against everything that media has promoted as health or fat loss. And so I hope you gain a lot of value from this episode. So without further ado, here we go. I'm Andy Vinker, and this is Fit Pro Radio. Whether you're a fitness veteran or novice, this podcast is for you. I hope to share the good, the bad, and the real to help you fast track your career and help you find fulfillment and passion in the fitness industry. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Fit Pro Radio. I'm super excited because I have a wonderful guest here today, all the way from Florida. All the way from Florida. All the way. (laughs) She came here just for this interview, and I'm so honored. (laughs) You flew me out on your time. Because you know what? You're worth it. And, you know, even if I I could fly you out, I would twice for this podcast episode. But I'm excited to introduce you to Lydia Ingeman. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic over to you. Tell us about yourself. Um, Cool. Okay, so I... Oh, where do I start? There's just a lot. I know, there's just so So much. So I grew up in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Um, Grew up as an athlete. 
and right now, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get into some of that, but right now I work as a health coach and nutrition coach um, for more energy, health in Pleasant Grove, um, and it's just some of my certifications, I guess. I So I graduated from UVU with a Bachelor's of Science in Community Health with an emphasis in health education, and then um, I had my first daughter, and then I was like, how can I, I already loved health, and I guess we'll kind of go back to that, but um, loved health, so then I was like, how can I work in health and still be a mom? So then I got my personal training certification, um, and then that led me to get my health coach certification, and then nutrition coach certifications, and the list will probably keep going on. <laughs> um, but I love health. Um I I guess I'll just kind of add this in the beginning because it will probably apply throughout this podcast, but if you would have asked me five years ago how much I thought I knew about health, I would probably rate myself like, oh, I'm like an expert, I know everything, <laughs> and it's so funny because the more that I am in this world and I'm working with people, the more I feel like I don't know, and I think it's, it, I think a lot of that is like imposter syndrome a little bit, but um it's just that, like, I, I, I definitely know more than I did five years ago, but once you really start getting into all the nitty-gritty of, like, nutrition and health, it's like, man, we're all just, we're all just trying to figure this out. Um, so that is me. I have a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I love health. And Don't I we love all. these conversations. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, yeah. What else? Should I add anything else? I mean, you're super brilliant. Thank you. What Lydia didn't, what she failed to mention is that she's super smart, <laughs> that she is in the business of helping people. Mm-hmm. Not only do you love health, but I think you are so good at teaching it in a way that makes it make sense for people. And so they love it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also you're just like super smart. Like every time I have a question, I thought I knew, I thought I knew a lot. <laughs> I honestly did. Like I've mm-hmm. been, um, a personal trainer and I do like nutrition coaching or macro coaching mm-hmm. um like on a fitness scale mm-hmm. and then I started to like work with you and I'm like look at all these things I need to unlearn or relearn or yeah. look at differently um and and it's just been so fun like you really helped I know me peak curiosity about all these things I thought I knew about. Mm-hmm. And and so maybe it's imposter syndrome, but maybe it's also just like the fact that there's just so much to learn yeah, about so the much. human body and life in general. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the thing about nutrition too is that it really is such a like baby science. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at all the scienti- sciences, like chemistry has been around for a long time. Um, and like nutrition, we are finding things out and debunking a lot of the things that we thought we knew. And so um, it can be a very confusing topic. I think that when maybe one of the things I'm proud about as a coach is that I've like, I started going through a lot of the confusion at a very early age. Um, then I've had to debunk a lot of that in my own mind. And so now it's fun to help other people kind of go through that same journey ultimately just trying to find like real health and balance instead of getting so caught up in all of the confusion and the mess of mm-hmm. nutrition um, and just like health in general, especially with like fitness and stuff. So I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like speaking of debunking, but I think too, um, like before we 
went live, mm-hmm. um, we were even talking about like absolutes. Like how many, how many things have changed? How many trends? How many, how many ideas of food have been thrown around that we have just made oh, yeah. truth? Yep. And that's really why I wanted to like have Lydia on here. I mean, for so many reasons. Again, because you're <laughs> genius, amazing, so amazing and to be around, so um, incredibly uplifting. Um, but on top of that, I feel like. As a fitness instructor, our goal is always to promote health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a few years ago the difference between health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And that there is a difference. Because mm-hmm. I always thought it was like, you're fit, you're super healthy. Yeah. But somebody that is incredibly fit looking could be super unhealthy, i.e. me five years ago. Um, like, I maybe I had a six pack. I was like super ripped. My gut was struggling. Yeah. I was sick all the time. I was very underrested mm-hmm. and my skin, like you could even see the coloring in my skin was off. Yeah. Unless I had a spray tan, yeah. which I always did. <laughs> <laughs> to kind it. Of but <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, the the difference between health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And so as fitness instructors, a lot of times in efforts to represent health, we go a different direction. Um, And not always a positive direction. And we see this a lot in one-on-one conversations or even group conversations when we start talking about fear of food, Mm -hmm. like carbs, Mm -hmm. like fats, Mm -hmm. like sugars, all the things. Mm -hmm. And and throwing around words like, I don't know, like restriction, even though we don't say it. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, oh, go ahead. Well, so, and maybe I can jump into a little bit of my history. So... When I was in high school, um, same thing. I had a lot of gut issues, and this started from a very young age. But I, after, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like, you have an issue with your health, and so you go start seeing one doctor. The doctor can't figure it out, so you go see somebody else. And then after seeing so many specialists, you end up turning to the Internet, and you're just trying to find as much information as you can. Um, Anyways, for about 15 years, I was trying to figure out my gut health. It led I mean I had a lot of joint pain issues to the point they ha- thought I had um, rheumatoid arthritis um, but then I started getting so in ninth grade I started getting flat warts all over my face and of course you're is. like a very like insecure <laughs> yeah. individual at a young age anyways um, so that led me to a dermatologist who I think he was very forward-thinking and kind of like uh, a little ahead of the curve um, at that time and he had a daughter who had just removed gluten from her diet. I think she had celiac disease. And so he was like, hey, just try pulling out gluten for a couple of weeks and see what happens. So I removed gluten, um, gave it a shot, and within, honestly, within two weeks, joint pain had gone away in my knees. And I was like, at the end of every soccer game, I was like in excruciating pain crying I'd be sitting there watching like girls run around after the fact is having fun I'm like how can you run after a (laughs) soccer game like I am toast um so the joint pain went away and then my flat warts cleared up um and I had lost about 10 pounds in like three weeks Wow. So this was like just a crazy thing. So in, and I think this is actually very common for a lot of people is that like they, they're having health issues. So they have their first experience with like some form of restriction. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, gluten in my mind became enemy. 
Um, and then as you kind of start going down into like the gluten intolerance and sensitivity world, you start getting into like how all grains cause mm-hmm. issues and, you know, they're causing all these autoimmune issues. And then it's not only grains, but it's sometimes like nuts and then it's dairy. It's dairy <laughs> and it yeah. just becomes all of these things. So I was 15 at that, at that first time I pulled out gluten. Um, and because I had started losing weight and I felt better, um, I was just like, oh, okay, like this is magic. I, you know, like something is happening. Um, putting all these, I'm starting to put all these labels on food. Uh, I start getting attention <laughs> more at school because I am now like losing a little bit of weight. Or at least I th- I'm thinking in my mind that the attention I'm getting is a direct result mm. of the weight that I'm losing. And so this is all just like a catalyst to like a full-blown eating disorder and I'm skipping a lot of details because I don't want to like I could spend five hours going through all the nitty-gritty there but um I think that there are just a lot of young girls who are probably now doing group fitness and teaching classes who probably started out as athletes probably had some health issues and I don't think that this applies to everyone but it probably will apply to a lot of a lot of you um where there is something that you initially restrict and that could be because a doctor told you, or that could be because you read something on the internet. Um, or because even we were raised around a lot of, I know, like, my mom's generation is all food-fearing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it could have also started without us knowing in our own homes, you yeah. know? And I think to add to that, like, I didn't know at the time, but something that's happening in our brains is that when we start to form a belief... Um, this is kind of called confirmation bias in psychology, but we'll have, we'll start with a belief. So for me, the belief was gluten is bad. Gluten Mm -hmm. is causing all of these issues. Gluten kept me 10, 15 pounds heavier than, you know, I was. So there were all these beliefs around gluten. And so now I, what I'm doing with this confirmation bias is looking for evidence to support that my belief is true. So if I ever happen to have some accidental gluten in my food, um, then I would kind of start to like freak out and then I'm like digesting my food poorly and I'm having issues and then it's just, you know, more evidence to support this belief. Um, I think that sometimes with food sensitivities, that is the case, there probably are some symptoms, but then we can start to have those beliefs around carbs. So Mm -hmm. if somebody's restricted carbs, they lose some weight, then maybe they eat some carbs one day and the scale goes up a little Mm -hmm. bit and it's like oh confirming that belief again there's some evidence to support this belief that carbs are making me fat carbs are forcing me to gain weight um carbs are bad carbs are bad whatever the belief is is that we just that our brain is suddenly looking to find all this evidence to support these beliefs um so in that eating disorder stage of my life, it was constant. I was constantly reading information online, whether this was, you know, some very popular women's magazines or it was websites that just gained a lot of traction, a lot of t- taglines. And that information would become a belief. And then for years, I'm just gathering, you know, the evidence. And if you if you've ever read some of those magazines, like they are very they are big claims mm-hmm. like. <laughs> That you, I mean, as a young girl, like, how do you navigate that? You just trust that what you're reading is true. Um, So a lot of that confusion just was, you know, again, I'm kind of acting on some of these beliefs, a lot of them false beliefs. 
and then just the mental the lack of mental health you know that comes with that so I think that there are just a lot of people who have that experience again they, they're just trying to solve an issue but then they're stumbling upon a lot of information that they think is true so then they're trying to find all the evidence to <coughs> support that belief that they have so um so in that I think what are some things that you've seen at least in our experience so for those who don't know I, I work with Lydia mm-hmm. and it's been super fun I think I'm your first bodybuilder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, am I your first fitness instructor as well? Yes. We've had some other people come in, but you're the first one that I've worked like this amount of time. The with. original. The yes, OG. The OG. Yes. <laughs> um, I always try to be the first. I'm just kidding though. But, um, but so I guess in our conversations, have you noticed any patterns that you're like, there it is? And I know, so like, something that was very different about working with you and more energy. Mm-hmm. So quick plug for them. love them so much. Um, and they're just a local health company here in yep. Pleasant Grove. The whole approach was different. When I first started working with Lydia, I was thinking, we're going to meet. I'm going to say, this is my macros I've been working on. And he's here are my fitness goals. And let's, let's get there. But the first things you started to ask me were, what were some limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that you have around food? And I was like, I'm fine, Lydia. Like, I'm in therapy. I'm healed. And I've, I've like, done my time with, like, learning and unlearning. And, like, let's get to the macros. But the more that we've started to have conversations, the more I've realized that even though I thought I had a really healthy idea mm-hmm. of food um, and no fears, mm-hmm. like, how in a lot of things, I've been really confused. Yeah. Um, and that's just from my own experience and kind of like what you're saying, this confirmation bias. Like for me, I created this narrative that my body thrives with fats and proteins and I have to be very careful with carbs because my body doesn't love them. Mm-hmm. And this comes even from, from years of dieting as a teenager that I didn't know that cutting carbs so young would like, <laughs> like make it. So I had to fight really hard to love carbs yeah. in my body. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But in the same time, I didn't realize that even though I had recognized as a teenager that was wrong, Mm -hmm. we love carbs, Mm -hmm. but how I still had that fear. Yeah. And, and I'm like, if I want to look a certain way, I have to restrict because that's what we do in bodybuilding. That's what we do in diets. That's what we do or what I did. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I know that in our conversations, it has been such a good shift for me to realize, okay, first, maybe I'm not healed mentally with all these fears. And then second, it made me much more aware of how much these conversations and how predominant, is that a good word? Yeah. These narratives are. Oh, yeah. And so, like, do you have any experiences, and you can even use, like, me as an example, if you want, um, or just any any experience as you've been working with women specifically, Mm -hmm. what are some fears that they have? And let's debunk, like, let's myth bust. Yeah. And if you want, like, I know that we were talking about carbs even before this, because despite all our best efforts, I think there has been a lot of demonizing of things like carbohydrates. We have the keto diet. We had Atkins growing up. Mm -hmm. We had, what are the other ones? 
South Beach Whole30. Yes. That was like anti-grains. Yes. Um, and now there are other popular vegan, vegans, keto, paleo, yeah, all yeah. the the big three, the big three, <laughs> the triad, <Yeah. laughs> but like all of them demonize. And if you look at diets, even across history, they all pick one thing to de- demonize mm-hmm. fats. Mm-hmm. Let's go low fat mm-hmm. carbs. Let's go little to no carbs, mm-hmm. um, except for proteins. I've never seen, oh, well, I guess veganism yeah. is anti-protein <laughs> in, in most ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I guess long story longer, long question longer. Long list. <laughs> let's let's dive in. Let's myth, let's yes. bust some myths. Yes, let's do it. Well, and just to the earlier point, um, one of the, fir- the one of the reasons that I will always start talking about beliefs with clients is because that is one of the most eye-opening things possible. So if I um, it's it's really cool with what we do because we do have a lot of tests that will actually give us like um, real data so that it's not somebody just coming in and like, it's just their perception of something like we can actually see certain things on paper. Um, and you but, can even mention the tests. Like yeah. there's like the one on the treadmill. Yeah. So we have like our body composition testing we'll do in body, but then we will do our RMR test, which is, uh, finding your metabolic rate. And then we do our fitness test, which is the VO2 max on the treadmill. And then we also have DNA testing. Um, so I could have a client and they can go through all this test and I'll have all of their data in front of me. And f- just from there, I could write them a food plan. Again, that's in favor with their DNA, um, gets them in their, you know, weight loss zone or their maintenance zone, depending on their goal. Um, and I could write a really good plan. But the thing is that most people don't end up just sticking with a plan. And the reason being is that there are all of these beliefs around food. And so if I give somebody a plan and they're like, oh my gosh, she put carbs on this, like she doesn't know what she's doing, then they're not going to stick with the plan because it's, you know, higher carb than what they believe. So if I can first go in and tackle some of these beliefs, um, then I feel like people are usually a little bit more trusting to just like go with what the science says and what their body is actually telling us through some of these tests. Um, so one of the bigger, uh, well, so back to the, some of the beliefs, I'll usually ask people like, what are some of your beliefs around foods that you think are going to like have that are kind of magical foods, mm-hmm. right. And are going to help you get your best results. What are some of those foods that you think are going to have a negative result? Maybe that's fat gain, or maybe that's like inflammation, whatever it is. And then we start talking about fitness and what are some of those beliefs around fitness and the things that are going to help you get like your best body mm-hmm. or the exercises that are going to be, um, you know, not give you the result that you want. And maybe for women, this is like weight training is going to make them bulky. Mm -hmm. So as we go through all of these beliefs, um, it's like, it's just so funny that there are just some very common denominators. And obviously for women, I think the low carb, um, messaging has like really gotten a lot of women. Um, I think it's just because we are naturally very fat phobic. Like we are just scared of being fat and, there, you know, a lot of people will take, you know, they'll kind of explain it in a way with our insulin levels and, you know, if you, insulin resist, resistance, those are all things that are really thrown out around. And I, I used to think that a lot of women just weren't doing the research, mm-hmm. like they just, just didn't know how to eat. Yeah. But what I'm finding is that a lot of people are doing a lot of research, like they are, they're following people on social media, mm-hmm. they're watching 
YouTube videos. They're listening to podcasts. Netflix documentaries. Netflix documentaries. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a whole episode on Yes. <laughs> um, so they, I feel like they are well informed, but it's just so hard to put things in context. I mm-hmm. think that context matters a whole lot. Um, so let's dive into the, the carb myth busting and maybe I'll do this from the odd like just specifically with fitness instructors yeah. and then if we want to expound on that so and the reason why can I just say yes um the reason why I want to even have this episode about nutrition is because like you mentioned like we're just naturally kind of fat po- fat phobic mm-hmm. it's especially amplified when you're a fitness instructor and you kind of have this weird narrative and I don't know where it comes from because I had it too if you're not fit no one's going to come to your class Mm, no one wants to look like the quote fat trainer and I hate that Mm -hmm. I hate that mentality Mm -hmm. um and I realize how negative that thinking is but we all fall for it we all have that fear we all have that Especially when you try and even start promoting yourself on social media. Yeah. Like, who, what gives me the right if I don't look like A, B, and C? Yes. Um, and so I want to talk about this because fitness instructors, are, a lot of us are women. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have these beliefs instilled in us from a very young age. Um, and if it's not from a young age, it's from what we see now on the internet yes. from, from fitness influencers, yes. which by the way, a lot of them know nothing. They just have great bodies and they great ankles. Yes. <laughs> um, but they give you fitness advice and we hold on to that. Yeah. Like it's doctrine. Mm-hmm. And so I really am so excited to like bust these myths and have this conversation with Lydia because not only is she, like I said, so knowledgeable, But the fact is, it's like, I've had to unlearn so much for myself, Mm -hmm. even, even still, even Mm -hmm. being in this for so long. Um, and so I just really want to like emphasize how awesome it's going to be to listen to this. And if it's too much at what time, like know that it's okay to pause, know that it's okay to take notes, know that it's okay to digest because it's going to take a second because Mm -hmm. some of these beliefs talking about them is very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and kind of having that self-awareness of, okay, maybe, maybe I do have some work to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially around things like exercising a lot, but we'll get there in a second, but let's start with the carbs and everyone just like sit tight, <laughs> grab a cozy blanket and let's soak up what Lydia has to say. Yes. <laughs> um, and thank you for that. I, I do think that with like the validity, like we're always, I think our brain is always trying to find valid sources. Mm. Um, I think one of the problems of the day is that there are just so many voices, um, that it is hard. And I think that when we, yes. And our brain is like, it does like to piece information with visual things. And so if we're online and we're look again, it's kind of that confirmation bias. So if I'm already thinking that low carb is going to be helpful, I'm going to be looking on my discover page on Instagram. I'm going to find somebody who looks really hot and I want their body. And then if I see that they eat low carb, I go through like their highlight stories, their little diet highlight story. And I see they're eating low carb. Boom. That's mm-hmm. evidence to support this belief that low carb is working for me. And I will look like them. And I will look like them. And so one of the things that I, I think has made the biggest difference in my own life is becoming a, like a scientist and always like having the opposite hypothesis. Like, let me go and prove that wrong. So years ago, I would do that. Like, okay, so I'm starting to think that I need to be vegan. 
And so then what I do is like, I'm going to go and I'm going to follow people who are not vegan and see if I can find somebody who looks just as good as that vegan influencer, you know, and sometimes it like works like that. I wouldn't say that's the healthiest way to do it. (laughs) But sometimes, sometimes it's needed just to, just to find like conflicting evidence to that belief that you are starting to follow and engage in. Um, Okay. So with carbs, because (laughs) this is just one of those common beliefs, um, we Andy and I have talked about this before because you will <laughs> because I struggle with this. <laughs> <laughs> you struggle with this a little bit. So, um, and I think that this was probably an insightful conversation. So I think what we had talked about is that you were going to sub a class, um, and, and you had felt kind of exhausted, like after subbing some classes, hadn't been eating, you know, probably enough just from all of the stresses of life, being a mom, working, all of those things. Um, and so anyways, that we, we kind of started having this conversation. So a lot of you fitness instructors that are attempting a low carb diet, um, let me tell you why maybe <laughs> this is, yeah, maybe this, this is why this is not working for you. Um, and let me back it up with some of the tests that we do, because I, I just love what sometimes this shows us. So when somebody comes in and we're looking at their total daily energy expenditure, right? And so this is um, how many calories somebody is burning in a 24-hour period. About 70%, you know, give or, give or take a few percentages, about 70% of how many calories we burn in a day um, are supporting our organs, just our organs. 70. 70%. That's, the, a, that's the, a lot. <laughs> yes. And if you like, you could Google this total daily energy expenditure and you can find a bar chart that will show you the percentages. So the largest percentage of that is just supporting our organs, our tissues, just like a body working at a very basic level without any movement. Yeah. Like lungs breathing. Yes. Lungs, brain, mm-hmm. digestion, just all of these things that it just does on a very like subconscious level um, without you having to think about right so about 70 percent of that is goes to all of those functions and then we start to see that like movement has kind of the the next biggest chunk just and i'm saying like fidgeting mm-hmm. um cooking yourself breathing, some, <laughs> breathing <laughs> cooking yourself some food just all these small things if you're like sitting at a desk and you tap your pen you're like looking you're moving your head just to look at different people like that is all movement that burns like the next biggest chunk And then we have our thermic effect of food. So just the energy that it takes to digest food is the next big part of that. And then the smallest part about like 10 to five, five to 10%, depending on your activity level is energy that goes towards exercise. Okay. So just to lay this out, like the (laughs) the smallest portion of our date for the average person, again, if you're like an elite Olympic athlete, this will be a little bit different for just an average adult. It looks something like this. So I think a lot of us are assuming that exercise is 50% or more Mm -hmm. of the equation. Um, And so that's, that's kind of one myth. I guess I just want to throw out there is that we are putting, yeah, (laughs) we're putting so much emphasis on just like exercise to burn off all of our energy when again your body deserves to eat just because it needs to support all of those all your organs and all the functions of those organs okay so with carbs so we already talked about that 70 percent just supporting our organs so when we look at our brain specifically the brain burns up about 20 percent of 
all like our day, energy okay. of the whole 24 hour period your brain is just like a glucose carbohydrate guzzling <laughs> machine um yeah, and it is and, <laughs> and i i think that a lot of us don't actually know how intricately like connected our brain is in every single function of the body um because when we are needing an organ to perform something we need to release hormones to send a message you know to tell it what to do and oftentimes that's through our brain and um yeah so everything is just so like it is ran by that control center your brain um so your brain prefers carbohydrates um for a fuel source and you some of you are probably listening yeah but i've heard about ketones and (laughs) we can get into that but your brain does prefer carbs um and so sorry yes i'm like even with like the ketones thing for those of you who ever have done like a low carb situation what's the first thing they tell you is like you're gonna kind of feel like you're you'd like the flu and that's totally good yeah. that means it's working yeah. it's not good because that's literally your body saying like I have brain fog mm-hmm. I cannot have a functional thought yeah I'm gonna release hormones to say we're sweating to let you know that like there's something wrong mm-hmm. and so it's just like those are those are things too that hopefully will help prove yes your brain loves carbs yes and it's so funny because if we didn't know about all of this keto stuff like if you were out in the desert and feeling those symptoms you would be very worried about yourself and you would go and try to take better care Mm -hmm. you know and get some some energy something so it's so funny that we start to think ourselves out of these like weird symptoms just because oh well so and so said that this is going to end up being really good for me um so if we can just better listen to our bodies then um like there it's just so smart and oftentimes it is the brain like and those hormones saying, I am making you feel this way to drive you to get something. Sorry, Um, I totally cut you off. So no, I love that. So again, our brain requires just a lot of glucose carbohydrates. So going to a fitness instructor, um, oftentimes, and you can tell me if, if they're maybe what the most common situation is, but I'm imagining that a lot of you are waking up super early in the morning to go to like a 6 a.m. class or whatever it is um and maybe have not even eaten breakfast if i don't know if that's that's fairly normal so fasting you're going to your class fasting okay so um your brain is already a protein shake maybe maybe a maybe a protein shake so your brain is already working to control all those organs and then you don't (laughs) feed it and it goes to your fitness class. And of course you're going to start exerting yourself. And I'm assuming that a lot of these classes are higher intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times more aerobic. So yeah, and a lot of increased intensity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of like interval. I know that a lot of group fitness classes are just kind of like interval type circuit or you're just or just consistent constant (laughs) (laughs) so you add just the physical demands that require some carbohydrates and maybe we'll do a little side thought on that um actually yeah let let me take a tangent on this because i think it will be important so when we have people come in and do our vo2 max test you put on a mask and you're hooked to a tube and we are 
we are watching the rate that you breathe in oxygen and the rate at which you are expelling uh, CO2. And so this can tell us that that's directly correlated to how many calories you're burning. Okay, so when one of the cool things when we put people on this test, we, we're slowly increasing their intensity every like 30 seconds. They'll start out a leisure walk and then we get them up to where they're like sprinting and or walking at the highest inclined, like as fast as they can go. Um, and then they are gassed out, <laughs> they're done, they can't do it any longer. And we get a printout that will show us the ratio of carbohydrates to fat that you are burning at like different heart rate zones at different intensities. So if anybody does not know this, on your lower intensities, um, we, we call it your fat burning zone because you are primarily using fat to fuel that type of movement. So we'll, we'll see that uh, fat, like if, we, if you see these little bar uh, graphs, you'll see like that fat is higher and there's a little bit of carbs. And then as we start to increase the intensity, um, there's still fat, there's still fat, but then it starts to dip off as carbohydrates become the predominant source of, of energy. Once we get to, um, so we kind of go from like our fat burning aerobic zone, then we go to like where we are just using carbohydrates. It's very glycogen driven where we are no longer burning any fat. It is just, it, it is muscle glycogen. It's uh, glycogen from your liver. Any bl- glucose that you had in your bloodstream, you are starting to burn all of that. So a lot of you fitness instructors, um, again, your your brain is already burning glucose because you are, it's, it's working on <laughs> supporting all those functions. Then we put you in a fitness class where if it's at a higher intensity, you are demanding glucose and glycogen and all those carbohydrates that you've eaten. And then on top of that, your brain has to work even more to do the yeah. cueing. If we're teaching. If you're teaching. Yeah. All, and tell me all the things that, because we, yeah. we had a good conversation of just all the things that you're thinking of in your head. Yeah. So like... Because Lydia asked, she's like, was that just like super physical? And then I was like, I mean, yeah, but, but not only is it the physical, but you're thinking of the cues. You're watching the class. You're watching to see if anyone's looking like they're not feeling successful. How can I cue specifically for them? Mm-hmm. How, what is the next movement? Mm-hmm. How do I perform it while breathing and doing and executing and, and in the mm-hmm. same time showing? And so there's so much that counts, the, you know, like all of yeah, it. Yeah, all of it. Um, and that's just... And like, so even before we even add the mental part of this, the physical is like already yeah. <laughs> high gear, yes. right? Go ahead. So, so many, yeah. So your brain on every single level there needs carbohydrates. And when you, um, and just to kind of talk just about the mental part of that, all of the cueing, all of the just paying attention, trying to read people's body language, that in and of itself is like sprint work. Mm-hmm. Very glycolytic in nature. This is why a lot of people who are not fitness instructors but just work like a nine to five desk job, they come home and they are exhausted and they haven't even exerted themselves sitting at a yeah, desk they've been yeah. sitting at a desk all day but they come home and they are exhausted they don't even want to get up off the couch and it is because for from 9 to 5 or you know however 
and it's especially like, like what type of job it is if they are sitting and it is very mentally taxing and they're like looking at numbers or they're looking at spreadsheets whatever it is it is like sprint work your brain is requiring so much energy because it's just working at a high demand again your brain is a glucose guzzler it's like our kids when they're doing like standardized testing yes that they've been at a desk all day long and then mm-hmm. they come home and they're just yes zombies <laughs> yes or they'll throw temper tantrums because yeah. they just don't know what's going on and they just don't know like it's too much yeah yeah. I'm, yeah I'm just exhausted um so if, if you have tried a low carb diet and you are in the fitness space um and you are just trying to figure out why do i why, why am i not, tired why am i tired? why am i achy why mm-hmm. am i injured yes why do i have these sudden like cravings for sugar and candy and ramen and ramen <laughs> and she wants her ramen i love ramen. <laughs> why do you have these surges for like carbs where you just on like that's all you can think about um i think a lot of people are just like why can i not stop thinking about the brownie that i have in my fridge or like the ice cream in my uh freezer right now um because your brain is (laughs) so (laughs) robbed of glucose um that it is like driving you to get some of that and i think that i really love this analogy of like writing checks so if you have a bank account of or you just have all this stored glucose and carbohydrates um usually in your liver your muscles or your fat cells um and we've used all of that up and now we're never putting anything back into that account it's like we're writing blank checks yeah. there's nothing to back it yeah, up all gonna bounce yeah all gonna bounce and at, <laughs> and at some point your body is going to like just tell you like we are running dry here and that is oftentimes why we have those cravings the severe cravings that you like you literally can't get it out of your head type of craving that is going to drive you to get um, some carbohydrates and typically those cravings are going to drive you to get the most like carbohydrate dense or calorically dense foods um because you just need them Mm -hmm. and so anyways i'll that's kind of a whole other thing there but yeah what what else do we want no, to do I love about it. carbs um well and i think it would even be important to reg- to to talk about exercise mm-hmm. a lot of us um because i think it relates obviously yeah. um so we have this mentality again like we were saying like my body's my business card mm-hmm. uh, is that true no <laughs> I want you to just scratch that out, even though it's super catchy. Mm-hmm. But um, but this idea that I also, on top of teaching, I'm going to teach several times a day. Mm-hmm. So on my Instagram stories, if you follow me, that and a few weeks ago, for two weeks straight, I had to sub a lot of classes, yes. which is a lot for me. And I'm, I'm like older and wiser, and I have like affirmations from Lydia to tell me I don't need to do that. <laughs> That's just not the vibe. And even if I'm working out... Like, earlier in the day, like, if I want to do my own workout and teach a class, like, I've got to separate that. i got to plan mm-hmm. calorically to make sure that I am fed to be able to perform yeah. and live my life. Yep. Um, because at the end of the day, this is just a piece of our lives, yep. not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times when we get these opportunities, especially young instructors, will take on a lot of classes, mm-hmm. maybe two to three classes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point in my career, I was teaching 17 classes a week. 
which yeah. is a part-time job of Zumba. Yeah. That is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> um, and so we get to this point, too, though, that we're afraid of stopping. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid, too, of doing something that maybe, like you mentioned, weights could, like, make us bulk, which they don't. But then we also have this belief that's like, if I'm not watching my Apple Watch mm-hmm. or my Fitbit, and it's not saying I'm burning, like, 200,000 calories from doing jumping jacks, tuck jumps, and, like, high fitness or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, hit, Mm -hmm. whatever it may Mm -hmm. be that, like, shoots our heart rates up and keeps us there, we feel like we have not done enough. And I feel like that's a really dangerous place Mm -hmm. to get. But, again, as, like, speaking as an instructor, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but that's something that I know is out there. Mm -hmm. I know it's something that we struggle with. We start to adopt these beliefs of if I'm not out of breath, dying for an hour, at least once a day. Soaked through all my clothes. Soaked through all my clothes. Mm -hmm. I have nothing left. (laughs) Yeah. And if I'm not beat to death after a workout, I did not do enough. Yes. So let's hit the treadmill. Yeah. Let's go do two more classes. Mm -hmm. And so, like, let's talk about that now that we've talked, touched on caloric needs Mm -hmm. um, and stuff. Let's, let's touch on, like... If exercise is only 5% of my daily expenditure, why am I so obsessed with it? If that's, you know, like where we're coming from as a listener, I guess. And, um, I, so maybe we'll just talk about, uh. I'm like, that was like 35 questions. No, I love this. This is, so just to organize it in my own thoughts, like we'll kind of just touch on cardio specifically. And then just this idea of like exercise that burns the most amount of calories because mm-hmm. I think that that's where so many of us get trapped and the calories in I'm like we'll even put it in a note but like yeah. I there we've even had discussions about like that calories in calories out yeah, yeah. and how some people think if I want to eat 1,700 calories, I have to burn 1,700 calories a yes. day. So let's, I'm yes. like, I'll write that down. But I'm like, oh. there's so many, so many beliefs. Yes. Well, and I, I fell into this um, myself. So again, kind of going back, I was a soccer player, which is super heavy cardio based, right? Yeah. For um, 90 minutes, right? For 90 minutes. And I, I was playing before weight training was part of like the high school athlete conditioning program so like when we would we would have two hour practices a day which again we're like scrimmaging and we're just running a lot um and then our like conditioning on friday was basically like more sprinting and then we have our games on top of that so it's just all running endurance running and or sprinting um and there was this part of me that i think that this is probably just a you know a lot of type A's may understand this, that like I wanted to be the best. And so for me being best required more. Mm -hmm. So after that two hour practice, I was going to then go run two miles. And if I didn't feel extra taxed or sweaty, or like I had just exerted myself to my full capacity, then it would turn into like five miles. Or I would come home and I would do a hit Um, (laughs) I used to be obsessed with Shalene Johnson's Turbo Fire. I love yeah like, like turbo kick turbo fire. yes, yes. <laughs> so that is the vibe <laughs> after soccer i would go and i would do her turbo fire hit ones which i loved and Shalene, so if you're listening i love you <laughs> love you Sorry, too go ahead. <laughs> which i she's even had her own yeah she's her own journey yeah, her own journey so um i think that yes a lot of us just get very fearful that if we're going to stop this we're going to stop seeing those results and when you're young and you're metabolically healthy 
like you will see results. Um, but then a lot of us find this point in time where there's just diminishing returns. Um, and it's so funny to me that a lot of us, we, we so when we hear about calories, oftentimes it's thrown out that one pound of fat is about 3,500 calories. Um, and so we think that if we restrict ourselves 500 calories a day, we'll lose one pound of fat like each week. And then we start to think that it's this very linear pattern where we'll just, you know, we'll just consistently lose, 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 <laughs> lose, lose. And then we just get to where we want to be. And then it's fine and dandy. Um, and thank goodness that we have bodies that fight against that. Mm -hmm. Because if we, like, if you really are in a starving situation, like, please bless that your body is not going to just like wither away to nothing. Yeah. Um, so our metabolism is so beautiful and protective that when it starts to feel like we are um, restricting calories, like it, it starts to adapt. And mm -hmm. that I love that so much that we are always adapting to the stimulus around us and all the different inputs and just the demands. Um, and so anybody who is just like does a lot of cardio, um, it does burn a lot of calories, but guess what? <laughs> Your body takes that as a stimulus and is like, okay, how can I adapt to this? Um, and so it oftentimes will make you more efficient with the calories coming in, meaning that your metabolism usually slows down. Mm -hmm. So efficiency is not always it's not the, the goal. It's not <laughs> the goal, especially like for fat loss or whatever. Like you don't want your body to be efficient with calories. You want it. Um, I, I always love this analogy and this is by Sal Stefano. He's a, he's a cool guy in the fitness industry uh, with mind pump. But anyways, he always uses this analogy of like two cars. One is like a Prius or a very fuel efficient car and one is like a truck. So if our metabolisms or our bodies were kind of like these artificially intelligent cars that could adapt to the demands placed on them, then if you're going very long distances, you're doing these like cardio kind of steady state things where you're doing three hours a day or whatever, you know, especially if you're like a distance runner and you're running 11, 17, 20 miles, you know, then it's almost like your body is going to adapt into one of those fuel efficient cars like a Prius. And guess what? Those Priuses don't require a lot of gasoline. <laughs> and it's just very, very efficient. Whereas um, sometimes in like the fat loss space, we want to be like a truck with a V10 engine that's just burning through that energy. Um, so anyways, I, br I bring this up just to show that like there, it, it's not a linear process in burning calories where we just are gonna just whittle away, whittle away, whittle away like perfectly. Um, your brain and your body is going to adapt and so with the weight training the cool thing is that that kind of in a way turns you into a truck <laughs> and not in like a bulky way it's just that adding muscle um, for one we do we can store excess calories we, we have three places we put excess calories and that is our muscles and our excess liver. calories are not a bad thing and not and not yeah. a bad thing no like we have we organs <laughs> yeah we have organs we to that. deal with these uh, our liver our muscle and our fat cells um and so when we can like increase the size of one of those energy storage vessels the you know our muscle organ our muscle tissue um then it's kind of cool that we can put some there without looking like extra fat so mm -hmm. um the cool thing about that too is like 
again, thank goodness we have places to store excess energy. Um, your body works really hard to store up fat. Like it, it really does. That is a um, a just a wonderful thing that your body has a place to store energy so that if it's not there, it can keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Like thank goodness for the fat on our bodies, especially for for females and women. Um, we need fat in our bodies to be fertile yeah. and like to have babies. And a lot of men like the kush on our bodies anyway. <laughs> you know, true. so there's just a, a lot <laughs> of good things that, that come with some fat on our bodies. Um, so even like healthy hair, yes, healthy skin. Yes. We need that. Um, and it is so funny that we have just become terrified of, yeah, excess. Mm-hmm. So if I want to say have a stronger body if i would like fat loss for Mm -hmm. example Mm -hmm. if i'm in a stage where i want fat loss but i also would like to teach classes um how what would be like an ideal situation and this is we can't like speak super generally because every single person is different and body is so different but like say for me we can use my body (laughs) and so but if I like if I want to continue to teach classes Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get to that efficiency place where I want to be able to like know that I'm eating as much as I need and my body is functioning properly and I can still move through like that v10 truck Mm -hmm. um and move through the energy and use it efficiently but then also be able to let go of excess fat if I wanted to yes what would be ideal to be able to balance that? Yes. Um, okay, so this is this is really good. Um, I, and maybe there's like a couple places that I'll go with this. So like let's for, for your for your situation, I think you're unique because for work, like there are people who are depending on you to come and sub for them. And mm-hmm. so like sometimes that may be beyond your own like, want or will like you maybe would rather be home but you're you have some duties to go in and sub I think there there might be some um instructors out there who and I yeah I don't always know I'm sure a million people there are a million reasons why people come to the fitness industry and why they enjoy teaching the classes um if any of you do it because you are trying to lose weight it can become this scary spiral where you're mm-hmm. like trying to take on more classes and more classes and more classes just to burn as many calories as possible. Mm-hmm. And again, your body's going to adapt to that. Um, thank goodness for you. Like that, that is a good thing. But with some of that may come an inability to lose fat um, or, you know, and then all of the other, all the other symptoms. Like, yeah. Like the injuries. Yes, injuries. Well, and I was going to even like to add to that. When I mentioned I was teaching 17 classes a week, I was not losing weight. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was gradually gaining weight. Yeah. And it was the worst timing because I was like freshly married, yes. put on so much weight. Yeah. I was teaching so much, mm-hmm. literally a part-time job, yeah. almost 20 hours a week yeah. and gaining weight. Yeah. And so more classes, more teaching doesn't lead to and that, that wasn't my goal was it wasn't to lose weight but I was I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. to like see and it was coming on very rapidly the more I taught yeah um and so I know like from my own firsthand experience that more isn't better yeah um more is more opportunities to adapt mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
and get injured and yes. get put be put out and that's not what we want as fitness instructors we want longevity we want mm-hmm. being able we want connection we want mm-hmm. to be able to be with our people longer and and teach and share that love of fitness and movement longer yes and so if tell me if i'm wrong but if we want longevity less is more yes yes so with longevity especially and um i love like health and longevity because mm-hmm. People who live, um, like some some of you out there have probably heard of like the blue zones where they go and they're finding these centenarians who live into their older age. Like hundreds. hundreds. Like centenarians, yes. so it's like over a hundred. Yes. And what they find is that um, these people have lived very low stress lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny that like a lot of those people, they, they've never even had gym memberships. They don't even know what formal exercise is. And here kind of in like the West and especially in the U S we have this very like grind mentality. And I think especially in, in Utah. So now that I've kind of lived outside, <laughs> outside. of Utah, it, it is a beehive state worker bee, worker bee go. I think we have a That's lot interesting, of interesting. Cause oh. that is it is literally a, a beehive state. It is the beehive state. Here, yes. Sorry, I think ahead. that we that have like a wonderful economy here, and I think that there's a lot of like entrepreneurs. With that comes a lot of fitness um, entrepreneurs and influencers. I think that some of the most followed people in the fitness space, like there a lot of them, are from Utah. Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, we can th- see you know a lot of these people opening up studios and how those are g- gaining traction. So it is very much that more more is better mentality um which again the the body's going to adapt to that so when we look going back to like the vo2 max test right so if when we're in those lower intensities we are primarily using fat as a fuel source um we have because we have so much oxygen available um we're able to we we respirate some co2 and just a little fun thing if anybody geeks out on this is that like we're intaking oxygen and then we breathe out that co2 and that carbon molecule is from like the carbohydrates that we eat so it really is like we're we are respirating our energy um so that's how that tests use carbohydrates yes yes and so when we when we are breathing we so when we are losing fat, about 80% of the fat we lose comes out just in our breath, hmm. which a lot of people don't know that. I think that's just I always fascinating. That. And then the other like 20% will come out in like other uh, body fluids. But most of the fat that we're burning is just, we're respirating. Um, so where was I going with that? <laughs> so on those lower intensities, um, which is sometimes like the stuff where a lot of us just feel joy so this could just be like dancing with your kids you know or just like hiking walking um it's very low stress and again that's where we burn a lot of the fat so when we go up into those higher intensities because we require so much glucose um we are burning less fat but then again if we don't have the glucose to support that function then that even makes us adapt even more to really not want to let go of any fat um stored fat it's like we can't get there because we're not doing the right we are not we don't have enough oxygen but again our metabolism wants to hold on to it anyway so it becomes this it's like backwards it's backwards it is absolutely backwards um and so if you have the choice again i think a lot of people are probably instructing and teaching probably for financial financial reasons um also just because we're excited just excited and it's fun and we get 
I mean, and I'm just going to say, especially young instructors, like, and I mean young, like, it doesn't matter how old they are, yeah. but I mean, like, young in the industry, when we start receiving opportunities, classes, we say yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you never know if you're going to get another one. Yeah. If there's a fundraiser, I'm there. Yeah. If there is an opportunity to teach at an event, yes. Mm-hmm. So we start saying yes, I think half because we're, like, super stoked, but then also out of fear that it won't come yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And so, so now... Back to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't want anyone... Uh, this was something that before we got on this that I wanted to be careful of. Like, context matters here. Mm-hmm. And so I never want to make cardio or high-intensity cardio, like, a villain either. Yeah. Because it's, it's not. But again, like, the, the poison is kind of... In, the dose makes the poison. Is that how you say that? Um, so our heart is able to handle high intensities right that's like we have all these functions like raising our heart rate and all these things that just like help us adapt to that demand at the time um and we also are able to do like these lower intensities so it is really good to have some of those in your fitness regimen but to not overdo it and what i would say is um if you're kind of one of these people where you're like, why am I exerting myself so much and I am literally not losing a pound, it may be appropriate for you at a time, if you can control this, to to just like fully, on your cardio, just fully go down to like walking mm-hmm. and or hiking for a time. Um, kind of just to show your body, here, look at this new demand. This new demand is not <laughs> taxing. Not and it doesn't have to be a long time. No. Like I feel like our bodies, like... If you can take three days off, yes. a week off, yes. ideally a couple weeks off. I mean, if if this is like financial a mm-hmm. financial burden, mm-hmm. um, but just taking like one or two weeks off, my gosh, like you come back so much stronger yep. and rested, mm-hmm. and so it feels like your body. And then all of a sudden, you like you start seeing results. You start seeing yeah. more energy. You start seeing less. Um, injury right yeah sorry and and there's kind of two things i think that a lot of people have fear to do that again because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be burning all these calories let me remind you again that like 70 percent um really 80 95 (laughs) percent of the energy you burn in a day has nothing to do with exercise right so like just trust that your body still requires food Mm-hmm. without you ever exercising um so if you need to take the weekend off do that the other part of that is that when we are exercising it is catabolic in nature meaning it is it is putting tears and it's breaking down our tissues and so if you do that day in and day out without ever taking a break you literally cannot build back mm-hmm. up your muscles or your tissues and so then that's like the injury and the inflammation and this is why we feel like crap and then you go in the next day and you're like I don't even have the energy to do this mm-hmm. but look I have to put on a happy face for all the people in my class yeah. um and then you come home and you're taxed and then you can't even give like your family the best energy either so um for a time yeah just like trust this process and just allow yourself to do movement that is joyful and i've found in talking to a lot of people that the joyful movement is rarely that super high intensity stuff mm-hmm. um and again i just i just think it's funny that like naturally those types of things that give us joy actually end up benefiting us on a on a physiological level as well um so 
it, yeah, if you're in that space where you just need some recovery, I would just like fully just lean into resting and or some leisurely walking. Um, and then... And that doesn't have to be excess walking, like no, not on top of your current. No. Yeah. <laughs> Pull back. Yes. And this and doesn't walk. have to be walking on a treadmill at like an incline of mm-hmm. 10 or 15. Just like take your toddler out. Yes. And they don't walk very fast mm-hmm. at all. So, and I have, <laughs> and they're lo- all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and I have loved this so much when some, like when somebody trusts me on this and they come back and they're like, I have lost like we can see that, especially if they come in and get an in-body scan, like they've lost like five pounds of water and there's oftentimes body fat coming off, like off with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just because you don't have to re- retain as much water because your muscles aren't so stressed. Um, so it's fun when people come back and they're like, uh, I just lost like 10 pounds, you know, and I'm not saying that that is, we're not, that's not like the goal, but not necessarily yeah. the goal, but it's just like this fun thing. Like how cool that I am now finding that conflicting evidence to combat this belief that I had that like walking does nothing and I have to do these higher intensities. So I, I do love when people can find some new evidence to support like this new forming healthier, more balanced belief around exercise. Um, and then of course, weight training is a cool thing. And I, I am a fan of even some of the lighter weight Mm -hmm. training because you can run yourself into the same problem if you get into all this like really, really heavy, high jerky, you know, weight training, Um, but muscle is awesome again, because it is one of those storage vessels, um, where if we do want to have some fun, extra eating at a kid's birthday or for Christmas, you know, whatever holiday it is, like we have a place where we can put more stored energy and and our muscles are great for that. And of course, just feeling strong, um, is always cool too. And like so. bone density. I'm like, bone we, density. Have, we have so many perks. So yes. Yes. And like, just again, if you're kind of like in the childbearing years, um, like just having muscle to support your body in those crazy taxing <laughs> months. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all around, I'm yeah, big fan of muscle. And it is, I, I think that's one of those things too. like start to challenge that belief. If you honestly think that muscle is going to make you bulky, try it because it is so hard to put on. I was going to say. <laughs> it is so hard to As a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It it's requires hard. a lot of work and training and that time. most people are not Lots. going to do. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, so much time. So, yeah, um, yeah. anyways, that's oh, like that. a quick thing on that. No, that was perfect. And I think those are probably the two biggest myths that I have is, or that I know I've heard the most mm-hmm. in my, like, 12 years of doing this, mm-hmm. is carbs are bad, too much cardio is mm-hmm. enough cardio mm-hmm. but um but I so I think those we went over and I do just want to say like if you're in a phase of life where you are teaching a million classes for the love of teaching that is totally fine mm-hmm. we respect that we love that and we, we we I don't want you to be like afraid being like everything you know is wrong yeah but I love that Lydia kept saying challenge those beliefs mm-hmm. um and and I think just a reminder and a plug that if you want longevity, less is more. If you want to be in this for a long time, take pull back on like the intense demand on your body and use like the brain calories and like do some learning, do some more certifications, do some other outside learning that will benefit you as an instructor. So you're a stronger instructor but not beating your body into the ground. Mm-hmm. We love our bodies. They carry us through so much, whether they're ready or not. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to pull back and show some love and respect to ourselves, um, physically, mm-hmm. as well as mentally, and all the things that come with being, a phys- you know, like an instructor in this yeah. case, um, 
will only help you not just be a better instructor, but a better mom or dad, mm-hmm. a better employee, because a lot of times it's our side hustle. Um, and just being able to remember that at the end of the day, this is, again, just a piece, just a fraction of our day. Oh, yeah. And we want to keep it that way. So that way we can spend more time doing mm-hmm. the things like joy. Like recently, Lydia gave me the challenge. She's like, what is something you love? I'm like, I don't know. I used to play the piano a lot and I used to sing sometimes. And I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny because I had been stuck at this weight for a long time. Not that I like care a ton about weight, but I was really frustrated that we were just right there yep. for so long. <laughs> and all we did, I like pulled back on the exercise and started singing. Mm-hmm. and started playing the piano and immediately boom right under and I was like well if, it, if I would have known <laughs> <laughs> but being able to have the energy to spend those spend that time doing at the end of the day what really matters mm-hmm. um, because although 55 minute class can be helpful and healing in a safe place for somebody mm-hmm. we also want to make sure that we're in a place that we can provide that safe space yeah. by taking care of ourselves first yeah. and I love that like every fitness influence, I mean, fitness instructor, instructor, I feel like kind of is building their own little community. Yeah. Um, like I've, I'm sure I've seen some of these girls that are probably listening to this, like maybe they're posting videos and I know that people show up to your classes because it is that community piece, um, that it is fun when you get into one of those high intensity classes and people are just like, you know, pounding their fists Mm -hmm. and there, you know, sometimes there's some singing (laughs) and shouting, um, that, that can bring a lot of joy. Um, and I think that there is this part of like perception that, um, like the, (laughs) my dog is snoring. (laughs) (laughs) So like perception matters. Right. And so like, if you, um, if you are finding yourself like dragging your feet into a fitness class because you, it feels like you're doing it out of like duty or obligation or out of fear, um, like your body, your body's going to feel like that is a threat and respond accordingly. If we sometimes, you know, if we do have this mentality, like I cannot go wait, like I cannot wait to go see my people and exercise with them. Like sometimes just that perception of joy can sometimes change the way that the body responds. But I am such a big fan of like, not getting overly obsessed with all of these fine details as a as a fitness instruct as a fitness per, a person in fitness um i i myself can get very like caught up on like how many grams of protein should i be eating mm-hmm. and like um what what is the best brand of granola or what is the best protein bar like people ask me these questions a lot and I know that even sometimes just worrying about those things, like that can become a stress in yeah. your life. Um, just getting so like hyper aware of everything and overly, yeah, again, just involved in the details that I love when having conversations when we can just like zoom out of all of those things, just zoom out and look at it from a bigger perspective. And again, just like ask, ask yourself, like, why am I doing these things? What are the beliefs around my fitness around my nutrition um, and how can I challenge those things to make it more healthy and make it more balanced make it more low stress uh, give myself energy to be with the people that I love Um, and I'll just throw this in here during my eating disorder years I was so caught up I I was tracking calories I was running um, spending so much of my day in my fitness pal that 
like literally being so much in my head that I don't have a lot of memories during that time period because mm. I was just somewhere else mentally so fixated. so fixated on the details that I worry that a lot of people who are like tracking their macros and tracking those things that they're literally missing out on memories and fun because they're just mentally not present mm -hmm. and they think that they're spending a lot of mental energy on something that's good but again like you'll look back on those years and like I just don't have yeah. I don't um, have the memories and same with like even going to dinner with some friends yeah all you're seeing is the macros mm -hmm. yeah. and missing out on everything in front of you yeah wow it, and it I don't want it to be that way and I again because there are these little positive communities you know that we're building is like really that's kind of just my urge to people is let this be a place of balance and um again like that that zoomed out bigger perspective view of we just want to be there we we're doing all these things to be better individuals for the people that we love so let it be that mm -hmm. instead of something that takes away from that so amen <laughs> excuse me I was going to say, usually at the end of a podcast episode, I ask people, what is like a, a takeaway? I feel like mm. that was a really, that was like the testimony of this, mm. but, but if, if, is there anything to add or is that like, let there be balance? Mm, I, I think, um, yeah. So let me just say one last thing on that. Yeah. Uh, because this is my world and I am always you know, learning some of the nuances, like how do all these little nuances and like getting into the nitty gritty, how do they help, um, help certain people? Like, how can I make this apply in a certain plan? Um, and I realized that I can go to all those little nitty gritty things. Um, but really at the end of the day, there's just like some common denominators that really just add to health. Um, and, it is being active. Like we, we want to be active. I don't think we need to overthink that too much. Again, like some of those lower, just the things that bring joy naturally are better physiologically. I think, um, of course, like eating enough and not overdoing it. And I think that when we're spending time, like when we are mentally healthy, naturally our food intake sometimes ends up in that range anyways. Um, and then, yeah, just being part of a community and just like being happy. <laughs> I think that's a big thing. So again, don't, I hope that people won't get so caught up in the nuances and just like the nitty gritty, because at the end of the day, it just, it just doesn't matter maybe as, as much as we think it is. So find happiness, bring happiness back into fitness, bring happiness back into nutrition. Um, Yes. Fun back into your life. Yes. Yeah. All the fun. Play the piano. If you have, if you have put piano and singing and all those side hobbies, or even like you said, like dance, dance. or like in your case, soccer. Yes. You know? Yeah. Do it. Do the fun things. Um, make those a priority because it will be interesting to see how just like other pieces in your life just fall where they're supposed to go and how you just feel better. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, Lydia. It was so awesome. Thank you for letting me fly you out there or out here and because it was me. Thanks for flying me out here, Andy. You're the best. <laughs> tell us tell us where we can find you. And then also if it's okay, tell us a little bit about more energy. Mm -hmm. Because so we've talked a lot about it. Um and like I said, like and you're in Florida and mm -hmm. I've been working with you. So there yeah. is a way to like even have a coach remotely. Uh -huh. But tell us how do we how we find you and a little bit more of yeah. whatever you want to tell us. So you can find, um, well, for more energy, you can find us on moreenergyhealth.com. 
um, or on Instagram at More Energy Health. Um, and then I have a really sad Instagram. I love your Instagram. Page. She has really yummy recipes. I just, social and media, really I'm just, I'm learning. I am just <laughs> learning. But um, I think my handle is Lydia underscore more energy. And it's L-Y-D-I-A. L-Y-D-I-A. Yep. So go give me a follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of the plug for more energy. Um, I seriously love I love the company that I work for because it is very data driven. Um, so again, like we'll have people come in and we will put that, we'll get their body composition. We'll find out their metabolic rate. I can tell you if you have been chronically dieting, um, I can see, yeah, I can see if your metabolism has slowed down. I also can tell you, Hey, it hasn't slowed down. Like you do still have a vibrant metabolism. So, um, it's very fun to just like what I can find on those tests. And then we have the VO2 max test, which, will tell us your fitness level and again how many calories you're burning in different heart rate zones what what are you burning is it fat is it carbohydrates um and then we have like the dna testing that will tell us oh a ton of different things we have a fuel move and arrest report that looks at different genotypes and that will just help us create this beautifully personalized plan um and then a coach like myself would get to work with you um on a lot of the mindset stuff, a lot of the beliefs, but then also just, uh, again, taking that data and finding something that's optimal for your health. Um, and we have a really cool team that is just, we work together and we talk about different cases. And so, um, if you're in the area, come see us, go to our website, go to our Instagram page, and you can like schedule an evaluation or a free consultation. And you even do free and body scans. Free and body so scans. If yep. you're just curious as to like where you stand. Yep. Come in, come get your, come get your first free in body, come get your first in body scan free. Um, and then you can look at the other tests. You can look at an example printout of all those reports just to see if it's something you'd be interested in. Um, but again, I, I think that the data is just so valuable and there's really in the state of Utah, you're not going to find anything else like it. And I feel very confident saying that. So (laughs) that is where the recording got cut off. And this is basically we were just wrapping up and talking about more energy and so i want to wrap up this episode and just share working with lydia and working with more energy has been such a game changer for me i have had a very rigid idea of nutrition rigid idea of training and this belief that if it didn't look like a b and c and if it didn't look as regimented or if I wasn't burned out or if I wasn't training six days a week or or eating little to no carbs, whatever it may be, that I wouldn't lose fat. Meanwhile, here I am after almost a year of working with them. I've transformed my body. I have not been in a severe restriction. I've been able to enjoy foods that I genuinely love, like Nutella sandwiches, quesadillas, and ramen, (laughs) and still see changes in my body. I have become less afraid to rest and, and to recover and sleep and say, you know what, maybe I don't need to train today. And so limiting my training has come down to maybe two hours of cardio a week, and those are the two hours that I teach, and lifting maybe three to four times a week. And my body feels good. And being able to disprove these old rigid belief systems and to really challenge them and see that there's more than one way to to lose fat, more than one way to take care of my body. And 
and the things that I used to believe like feeling lightheaded or feeling like the sweats or low energy was just part of the process. When the reality is, it's just your body trying to, to send us a message, right? Our body's trying to send us a message that we might need to look at something different in order to take care of our bodies the way they need. I have loved more energy and I 10 out of 10 recommend working with them. Um, and to try all the tests that we mentioned before, we, they have tests to check your metabolism. Are you metabolizing food? Um, what are you metabolizing? Fat, carbs, um, or also they can do tests to see how your body is responding to exercise. Maybe you might be overtraining. Maybe you might need more food than you thought. What's amazing is more energies team is there on site with these tests to translate and to kind of give you an idea and the data of where you're at. And it's affordable. They constantly have like really good deals. I know right now it's the end of the first week of January and they're doing a promotion. And so follow them on Instagram. It's more energy, two words put together, more energy and and reach out to them see if you can book an appointment if you're local to utah and do a free in-body scan or if you are more curious definitely look into the other options that they have for tra- for testing your body and and just over your, your overall health it's so worth it and so i hope you found value in this episode we'll have to bring lydia back on to if you have more questions but in the meantime I hope you have a great New Year's. I hope you take time to take care of your body. I hope you feel empowered and know that you're allowed to rest, that you're allowed to eat food, encouraged to eat food, and all of it, the carbs too. And just know that this is part of, part of being a fitness instructor is just learning how to take care of our bodies and learning when to break away from social media or media trends or the influencer that might be doing some crazy new diet and decipher for ourselves what feels good in our body and trust our bodies know what to do. If we take care of them, they will always respond in probably better ways than we could have even imagined. So we will see you on the next one.